Acts chapter 3. I'm going to come to verse 1 and we'll kind of read a little bit. Acts chapter 3, Acts chapter 3, verse 1. When you're there, say amen. Amen. The Bible says, Now Peter and John went up together into the temple at the hour of prayer, being the ninth hour. And a certain man laying from his mother's womb was carried, whom they laid daily at the gate of the temple, which is called Beautiful to ask alms of them that entered into the temple, who seeing Peter and John about to go into the temple asked in alms. And Peter fastened his eyes upon him with John said, look on us. And he gave heed unto them, expecting to receive something of them. The Bible says, then Peter said, silver and gold have I none, but such as I have give I thee in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth rise up and walk I want to talk to you this morning on the subject I have enough I have enough sit your Bibles down sit your Bibles down I want you to lift both your hands and I want us to pray in faith I know we've we've done a lot of things out of obedience the past few moments but I want you to lift your voice right now can you pray in faith can you pray in expectation come on church all across the building I know this is a powerful praying church and I want to hear your voice right now I want to hear you pray I need your voice to hit heaven and just let God know God God, fill me with faith this morning to receive from you. Come on, I need a saint of God to begin to pray. God, fill someone with the Holy Ghost this morning. Come on, I need a young man to begin to pray. God, baptize somebody in Jesus' name. I need a mother or father to begin to pray. God, draw our young people closer to you. Lift your voice right now. Come on, I can't hear you across the building. There's powerful saints in this place. Let your voice out and let God hear you. God, do whatever you have to do in this place this morning. Father, we worship you. Now, with one accord, one more time, clap your hands unto the Lord. And can you lift up a shout of praise all across the building? Come on, I want you to do that in faith. Lift up a shout of praise all across. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Look at two or three people. Tell them I'm so thankful that you're here and you may be seated in Jesus' name. Acts chapter 3 is still within the parameters of dealing with the Genesis or beginning stages of the church. This is Luke writing and expounding on what he's already dictated in his gospel. He now begins to instruct Theophilus on what proceeded after the ascension of Jesus Christ. And as we all are familiar with, we understand that in Acts chapter 2 is where there is clear instruction that is given to how 
one would enter into the church. It's in Acts chapter 2 that we see that the church is increased as God begins to add to the church. Not only that day, but he adds to the church daily. Everybody say daily. Uh, It is God's will that the church should sustain a posture of growth. Uh, I, I don't know if you're aware of this, but I've just been sent to remind you of some simple things. Uh, I want to remind you that God's church is a living church, that God's church is not a dead church, that God's church is not a failing church, that God's church is not a dying church. But I've come to remind the spirit world of Palm Bay that the church of the living God is exactly that. It is a living, moving, breathing church fully functioning and fully operational, ordained by heaven and feared by hell. I want to remind you what the church is today, that the church is not a weak aspect of the kingdom that has been neglected by the eyes of God. But in contrary to what some might suggest in uh, in scrutinizing the prolonged length in which God has taken to purify his bride, I want to remind you that the church of the living God is not forgotten, but actually the treasure of God's eye. That the church of the living God is the beloved, those that God has brought together and aggregated them to form one body. I want to remind you what the church is. And this reminder is so important because at times uh, what you cannot do or see by yourself begins to change when we get together. That's 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 the power of unity. This is uh, this is why COVID was so devastating to us, because uh, 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 one crucial aspect of the church is that we come together. Everybody say together. You, 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 you can't do church by yourself. Uh, there's a there's a lot of things you can do virtually. Amen. There's a lot of things you can do alone. You you can touch God by yourself. And I'm so thankful for that. Even John on the island of Patmos all by himself in the midst of loneliness. The Bible begins to record that he says, I was in the spirit on the Lord's day. I'm so thankful that even in the midst of loneliness, I can get a hold of God by myself. But I want to remind you here this morning that there are some things that can only be activated and reached with the whole of the brethren. This is why it's so crucial that you show up because there's some things we only get together. Look at the person next to you and tell them we get it together. There's some things we only get together. We don't get by ourselves. We don't get when we're alone. We can't even get it virtually, but we have to take the risk of assembling together. And can I tell you, assembling together requires risk. 
I don't, I don't know, I don't know if you're aware of this, but in, in Jesus, uh, beginning to identify the item that he would use, uh, or, 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 or the parable that he would use to identify what his church would be. When he talks about the church, I made a reference of it this morning. He talks about, uh, this thing that he would build and he would use rocks and pebbles to build it. That's what, that's what he calls Peter. He calls Peter. He says, Peter, uh, now, now you're Peter. And upon this rock, I will build my church. That word Peter is the word Petros. It's, it's, it's a small rock. And, and I, with these small rocks, a lot of times they're, they're, they're jagged and, and they're hard and, and, and they can cut you and, and they can hurt you and, and they're not fragile things. And, and, and if you step on them, uh, it, it sometimes bites back. I want you to understand that's who you're sitting next to. Amen. <laughs> Amen. You're sitting next to a rock. Amen. You're sitting next to a rock that, that if you're not careful, they, they might hurt you. I, I know, I know we like to think when we come to church, you, you ought to never get offended. But sometimes church is the best place to catch an offense. You don't got to say nothing. I'm just, I know I'm amongst home folks right now. Amen. Jagged and hard, but. But can I tell you, a lot of times that's the reason we're still here. Because we're a little rough around the edges. Man, we, we don't quit easy. We don't, we're not going to throw in the towel when things go awry. We, we kind of, we, we, we stick around. And, and that's exactly, that's exactly what happens within the church. You're, you're, you're connected to a stone sometimes. And they're not the most comfortable person to be around. And, and, and if, 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 you, if you're not careful, they might cut you. Why are you quiet? Look at the person next to tell him, he's talking about you. Some of you sitting next to your spouse and you wanted to say that all morning. But despite the risk that it takes for us to get together. Because it requires risk. You know, it's one thing, it's one thing to say, I need God. It's a completely different thing to say, I need you. Because most of the time, I like God. But sometimes, I don't like you. <laughs> Is there any real people in the house of God this morning? And, 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 and the power of the body is it requires me to get over myself so I can get a hold of God. There's so many people that have missed out on miracles because I've allowed your humanity to dictate how much I get of his divinity. I don't know why I'm on this subject, but we ought to just stay right here. I just feel like we need a part. So because I'm offended with the sister across the room, y'all don't got to say nothing this morning. I know exactly where I'm at in the Holy Ghost. Amen. Because I'm offended with her and can't touch and agree with her. I can't touch and agree with heaven. 
But you ought to make up in your mind this morning. There's no disunity that is worth us sacrificing the move of God. You're going to have to get over me and I'm going to have to get over you so we both can get a hold of him. This is the ecclesia. This is the church. This, this, this living thing. I want to remind you what you're a part of. Amen. Uh, it, 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 it is a powerful thing. Because I, I want you to know that, that what you are individually changes when you get together corporately. Amen. Uh, a, a stone is just a stone by itself. But if you get a few stones together, you might get a wall. And if you go a little further and you get a few more stones together, you might get a house. I want you to know all by yourself, you're good and bad to the bone. But when we get together and we begin to worship together, it's not just a stone. And what you lack by yourself, we find when we get together. So when you walk in this place discouraged because you're connected to the body, there's strength that's able to be released through you. When we get together, when there's sickness in you, the power that's in me begins to touch the sickness that's in you because there's strength when we get together in the body. There is power in the body. Amen, 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 amen. Look at somebody next to you, and I want you to grab them a little bit. Tell them, get together with me. Get together with me. Don't, 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 don't fight with me. Don't argue with me. We just got to get to the place. Yeah, now, listen. Y'all yeah, may be seated. I grew up, me and my sister pretty close. Me and my sister were really close. Uh, it's been close as long as I remember. And, uh, but like siblings, we had a little scuffles. Most of the time I was wrong, but I wasn't going to say it. And so uh, we had a little scuffles. You know, but at, at how it worked in my house. I don't know how it worked in your house. Uh, first off, first off, we, we <laughs> you know, there's this stuff about, you know, a godly fear. It's not, it's not a fear of, like you're scared, it's a reverence. You know, that's a bunch of foolishness. Because I'll tell you what, I feared my mom. It, it was more than just reverence. <laughs> Praise God. It went a step beyond reverence. Amen. Because I knew if, if I got out of line too much, amen, she knew how to remind me what that fear could do. And, and there's moments where my sister would get in a little scuffle. And, uh, you know, mom would come home. And uh, all of a sudden, uh, I don't know where we got this revelation, but we got it really fast. Uh, we, we understood that although we had a problem with each other, we definitely didn't want a problem with mom. And so we had to learn for the time to put our disagreement aside so that we could accomplish something greater and not get in the way of mom. Because if you get in mom's way, mom had a way of reminding you that you were in her way. Amen. And can I tell you what has happened in the church we has lost a reverence for the mother called the bride. I don't know why I'm here this Sunday morning. This is supposed to be evangelist. I'm just supposed to, but I just feel like I'm here and I need to stay here. When you're so quick to talk about your brother and your sister and you can't put that thing aside 
so that God and the mother called the church is able to. uh, Can I tell you something? There is a struggle that takes place in the spirit when you're fighting with me, because when you're fighting with me, we can't fight hell. As long as your sword is pointed to me, those swords aren't pointing to devils that we need to be fighting. So I need you to get over this thing that you have with me because it might cause my backslidden child not to pray through because it might cause the miracle not to happen. What we have going on is not big enough to stifle what God wants to do. Everybody shout, get over it. Everybody shout, get over it. That's exactly what some of you need to do this morning. You need to get over it. You're offended. Why am I here this morning? Listen, I haven't talked to anybody. I don't know what's going on. All right. Am I okay? I'm sure Pastor Myers is watching. Amen. If I say anything wrong, he'll, he'll correct it when he gets back. But you got to be cautious that you don't risk what God is wanting to do in the body because of personal offense. Even if the person was wrong. Now I'm going to say this, and I was trying to avoid saying this, but there's some of you that are offended with leadership. And you, you, you might feel that you're justified in your offense. But at the end of the day, it'll hurt you more than it'll hurt anyone else. Amen. I'm gonna I'm gonna shift gears, or else we'll end up somewhere we don't need to be. But I want you to realize, Peter. Peter is. It's in Acts chapter three, and this is a little bit after the church comes on the scene. Not even, not even a full uh, chapter later, uh, Peter comes on the scene, uh, and. John is with him. And the Bible says that they're on their way. They're on their way to the house of God. Everybody say the house of God. Uh, They're on their way to prayer. And as they're on their way to prayer, the Bible records that there is a man who is in this place who is lame. Uh, He doesn't have the ability to move. He is immobile. Uh, uh, He sees different people. Uh, but but he can't get himself to move to a different location. Uh, he sees different time periods, but he can't get himself to be in a different place because he is immobile. Now now uh, I want you to realize that that his hands didn't have a problem because he was able to receive alms, and his mouth didn't have a problem because he was able to ask for alms. The problem that this man had is had is that his feet was lame. And so his mouth worked and his hands worked, but his feet didn't work. Uh, I, I really do believe that this is, uh, this is the reality of the, 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 the present day that we currently live in. And I'm not just talking about the church, uh, but, but I really do think it identifies a lot of apostolic people in the church.
Amen. Uh, and, and I know some of you guys are pushing me. And, and can I tell you, people are get the Holy Ghost this morning. But, but I, need to, I need to just to cover some of this so that when we get right, you know, somebody else will have the privilege to be right. So just, just oblige me for the next few moments. Uh, it, it's, it is a hard thing. And if you've never been here, you don't understand. But if you have, you'll get what I'm saying. It is a hard thing uh, to come to church and your mouth works. You know how to shout. Uh, you know how to yell. You, you know how to talk in tongues. And your hands work. You, you, you know how to clap and you know how to get with it. You, you know how to, how, to, how, to, how to lift your hands when the preacher tells you. You can praise when the preacher tells you or the worship leader tells you. But, but for some reason, your feet don't work. You are immobile. You are unable to leave the place where you're at into the place that God wants to take you. That is a very scary place to be. But I believe a lot of us are there this morning. Not, not, not only was he laid up at the gate, he was laid up at the gate called beautiful. This was a beautiful place. And that would lead me to think that not everything that is beautiful is godly. And not, not, not everything that is beautiful is godly because although this was a beautiful place, although this was the place where God's spirit should have reside, although this was connected to the house of God, this was the temple of God. There was no power there to begin to transform this man from just being able to talk and receive to beginning to move and relocate. Can I tell you this morning? I just feel like there's just a few people that are here that are saying, uh, I'm tired of being laid up at the gate called beautiful and seeing powerful men come in one service after the next service but it seems like I am unable to relocate from where I am to where I need to be can I tell you I just feel like there's a few people here this morning that is just saying I'm tired of being at the same spot I find myself in year in and year out it seems like when one preacher comes to the next preacher comes I'm just asking just for a little bit more help. I can't relocate. I can't move. I can't get beyond this. Sooner or later, you got to get tired of the reality that your mouth works, but your feet doesn't. God help us that this morning we're able to move beyond where we're comfortable sitting into the place where God wants us to be. Everybody say amen. Everybody say amen. Uh, this is this is uh, this is the peril of church. Uh, this is the peril of church, uh, traditional church, cute church, nice church. It's the peril of church, and, and, and that is is that it's ineffective. It's 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 a, it's a dangerous place to be in a place where church becomes ineffective for you. Might not be for the whole, but but for you, it's it's an effective. It just seems like you're stuck at the same place over and over and over again. It's uh, last year when service came by and and your mouth worked and your hands worked, but this year you're still at the same place. And and the next preacher came by and your mouth worked and your hands worked, but you're still at the same place. I mean, still got the same struggles. Still, still dealing with the same issues. Still frustrating over the same doubts. It's like I haven't moved one inch from last year. I, I said a lot of things. My hands touched a lot of things. You ever get frustrated with touching glory but never living there? 
uh, I, 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 don't, I don't know about you, uh, but, but sometimes I get a little bit tired of being able to handle things that I can't walk into. Things that I've touched with my hands, but my feet just struggles to push me into that place. And what happens is, is that there is a codependency that hits the people of God. Where we become dependent on the Sunday morning. It's the Sunday morning that we need to give us strength because uh, we just need a little bit to get by. We're not trying to grow to the place where we have enough to give others. Can I tell you, this is Sunday morning. I don't know why I'm here, but we're just going to do this. I apologize if this is out of order. Uh, somebody sit me down if it is. Uh, but, but, but can I tell you, a, a lot of times the reason we can't give to others is because we barely have enough for ourselves. Here he is. Lame man. You, you put no expectation on the lame man to be a giver. Because he's a lame man. You put no expectation for that, for that lame man to provide multiple offerings. Because he's a lame man. Some of us struggle to give because we don't have enough for ourselves. We, we, we live from Sunday to Sunday. We, we, we live from service to service. And, and, and we don't come to the house of God saying, well, what can I give to somebody else? Uh, we come to the house of God saying, what can I get for me? Because there is a lameness that has attacked our mobility. We are struggling to move beyond. Uh, we, we become, uh, we become uh, settled into where we were the whole time. Amen. And if I'm going to get somewhere, it's going to be dependent on somebody bringing me there. The next move of God I experience is going to be something I provoked by myself. It's going to be something that some preacher brought to help move me because I just can't seem to walk. But I feel like God has come in this place this morning because he wants to give someone their mobility back talking to a saint he wants to give you your mobility back amen is is this all right this sunday morning uh, one, of, one of the first thing that uh the traditional church wants you to do uh, it wants you to hide the reality of your condition it wants you to present yourself as something that you're not Uh, this, 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 this is the type of church that will have a woman that's not even connected to Judaism crying out, Jesus, thou son of David, have mercy on me. Uh, here she is crying out, attempting to attach herself to a covenant she doesn't even belong to. And Jesus is looking at her, just ignoring her. Because until you present to me your reality, I can't move. Until you present to me your honesty, I can't move. It's an interesting thing that we want God to be transformative in places we won't be transparent. Now, I'm just as good as it as you are. You Pentecostal a little bit, you kind of learn, every once in a while you learn how to fake it. 
Amen. You're on the way to church, fighting with the person you're on the way to church with. Second, you pull up into the parking lot. Praise the Lord, brother and sister. Upset, annoyed, mad at God. Got all these questions and doubts. And you show up to acting like everything's all right. Interesting enough, when, when Adam and Eve falls, the first question that's presented is God begins to ask Adam, where are you? It's not that he didn't know. He needed Adam to come to the realization. Adam, where are you? He, here, he, here's Adam. Adam's running. What's he doing? He's hiding. Because that's our natural proclivity. We want to hide from the reality of our condition. That's why, that's, why, that's, why, that's why it's hard. It's hard sometimes to bring somebody to, to receive an Acts 238 experience. Because when you start talking to them, I'm already good. I, I, I got it all together. I, I, I don't need that. Because we're so used to hiding. And so God had to expose Adam. Not to hurt Adam. But to help Adam, God had to expose Adam. He said, Adam, where are you? And the first thing that Adam said, he said, listen, I was hiding. He said, I was hiding. God begins to deal with Adam. He says, Adam, why, why were you hiding? I want you to watch what Adam does. Adam said, see that woman over there? You see her? Now, Adam's starting off. He said, first off, God, let me tell you something. I didn't even want her to begin with. I didn't ask for her. But that woman over there starts shifting responsibility. You ever talk to people like that? Now, whenever it gets quiet, I know I'm somewhere. So we're just going to stay right here just a little bit. You ever get around people? Things are, things are going awry. There's, there's just a mess of their life. Brother, sister, what happened? Well, that brother and sister over there, you should have saw what they did to me. You, you ever meet offended people in their life that justify their offense because of what the person did to them? I don't know why I'm here again. There is an ownership that needs to take place. That my immobility might not have been caused by me. But if it's going to change, it's going to change because I take responsibility over it. We have to take responsibility for our immobility. I don't, I'm not too concerned who caused it. I'm not too concerned who did it. All I need to know, are you tired of being there? Can I, is this okay? It's okay. This is, uh, this is, this is the privilege of the new covenant. That the responsibility of salvation does not only dwell with God. It does not only dwell with the preacher. But there is a decision that the person being preached to has to make. 
that says, God, it's me. It's me, oh Lord, standing in the need of prayer. God has made provision for your healing. But you have to take ownership of saying, God, I no longer want to be immobile. We, we can be so quick to find reasons of why it's not working. I feel like I'm trying to spare somebody this morning. Can I just talk to you? Going to another church isn't going to help. I, 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 this is uncom- I, I'm out of my notes, but we're just going to. Going go, go somewhere else isn't going to help. Can I talk to a saint that's getting ready to leave? Running isn't it going to help? Sooner or later, you have to take responsibility for your immobility. It can't always be everyone else's fault. I started this and titled this message, I, I have enough. And, and, and we think of this within the context of the passage that I read, that, that Peter had enough to produce healing within the lame man. But that's not what I'm talking about. The lame man had enough to receive healing from Peter. Because we res- put the responsibility on Peter alone. But the Bible says that that lame man looked up at Peter with expectation. And Peter looked down at that lame man. And Peter said, silver and gold have I none. But such as I have, give I thee. Can I tell somebody here this morning, could it be that what you want, God won't give you, but what you need, he will. Some of you, you don't want this. Amen. Amen. You, 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 you don't want where life has brought you. You don't want your lot. You, you don't want the circumstances. You, you don't want to be here. You don't want to deal with the struggle. But could it be God has not given you what you wanted, but God has given you what you needed. He said, silver and gold have I none. I don't have what you're interested in, but I have what can heal you. I have what can restore you. Can I tell you there might not be enough counseling in the church but there's enough miracle to heal your mind right now there might not be enough help to hear your story but there's enough help from heaven to touch your situation everybody say he has what I need everybody say he has what I need you may be seated sometimes what we need we don't want and what we want, we don't. You ever find yourself praying for things you think you need? Here Paul is. He said, I prayed three times for God to take this thing away from me. Paul said, I don't want this he said I don't I don't want this but then heaven responds and heaven says you don't want it but you need it
because of the splendor, I don't, I really don't know why I keep on coming to this. Because of the splendor of the church, we can be convinced that the church should be a safe place all the time. And when we get hurt, we correlate hurt with bad. Just because you were hurt here, that doesn't mean you're not supposed to be here. I feel like I'm talking to some people that aren't in the building, but they're watching online. And because you were offended and hurt by someone, your assumption is, I don't need them. But you don't realize the same thing you don't want is the very exact same thing you need. And God begins to speak to Paul. And God basically tells Paul, listen, I'm not taking it away from you. But he tells Paul, my grace is sufficient. It's enough. I feel like church has kind of been in this place where we're having to accept that God is enough. You ever, you ever been in places where it's abundant? There's enough for you and everyone else. You got all the answers you need. You got all the provision you need. But every once in a while, you'll just be in a season where it's just enough. It's enough to get you from one Sunday to the next. It's it's enough. But can I tell you, I, I just feel like the Holy Ghost sent me here this morning just to challenge somebody that the season of enough is coming to an end. The season of just having enough. I feel like the past few years, we've just had enough answers to get by. We've had enough reasons to come. It was just enough. We had a lot of reasons not to show up, but we had just enough reasons to show up. Sometimes it was as simple as just just because God's good. You show up, you teach Sunday school, you sing on the praise team, you help out with ushering, you you fulfill your role. And before you did it, because you had an abundant of reason to participate. Then you get to the place where you only have enough. Can I tell you, when you're faithful, when God gives you enough, you open doors for God to trust you with abundance. When you stick it out with when God just says, I'll give you enough. What, 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 what are you doing, David? God's just giving me enough. I, I don't. I I don't know how I'm getting through this. Saul's chasing me. I'm at Ziglag. They've taken away and stolen my family. The brethren are persecuting me. And watch this. Paul turns, Saul, I mean, David turns around. And the Bible says he strengthens himself in the Lord. He finds enough. 
But after he finds enough, there is a transition from enough to abundance. Can I challenge East Winds this morning? Don't get too comfortable with enough. Because that was just a season. Jesus is getting ready to die on the cross. Strength is failing him. I want you to watch what God says. God gives Jesus enough strength to die. No more, no less. He turns around, looks at the cross on the left. Just look, at, look at the thief on the left, the thief on the right. He comes to the conclusion of it all, and he says, it is finished. It's done. It's enough. No more. It's enough. And when he gets to the place where it's enough, he slips out of his natural place of operating just as a servant. And God transitions him into a place of dominion and victory. Because he was faithful when he just had enough. And when God can trust you with enough. This was the attack of hell on Job's life. Satan comes to heaven and he says, listen, the only reason why he's serving you is because of his abundance. But what will Job do when you just give him enough? And I want you to understand how powerful that is. That you have enough to get through where you're at right now. You have enough to walk through this right now. You have enough to forgive right now. Some of you have validated bitterness. I can't forgive that person. But until you acknowledge, you have enough to get out. You have enough to go beyond. You have enough to say, I forgive them. I want us all to stand up. somebody in this room you need to make up in your mind I'm not going to let bitterness destroy me don't, don't, don't allow your frustrations to convince you that it's time to quit because God has placed enough in you I want you to grab the person's hand that you're standing next to right now. I wasn't expecting to be here on, on this Sunday morning, but I just feel like this past service and this service, God's trying to spare somebody. Don't, 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 don't make a decision to leave because you've been convinced you don't have enough to get over somebody's offense. You're already scouting where else you're going to go and what else you're going to do. You don't realize the problem's not external. The problem's internal. And God has given you enough to get over this.
Can you just grab the person's hand that's next to you? And I just want you to begin to pray with them right now. There's a fence in this place that somebody needs to let go of. Somebody watching online, there's a fence you need to let go of. Somebody hurts you. You're frustrated with the decision that was made. But God has given you enough to get over this. I want you to grab that person's hand. I want you to make your way down to the front for me. I want you to come down as a family all across the building. I want you to come in close all across the building. I want you to grab somebody by the hand and I want you to bring them forward. If you're a guest or a visitor in this place, I want you to know God has given you enough to get what you need this morning. Because when you present what you have, God will give you what he has. I want you to press forward, press forward. Press forward for me, please. Press forward for me, please. Church family, God has given you enough to get over that offense. God has given you enough to get over that bitterness. I'm not concerned about what happened to you. I'm just asking about your current condition. God has given you enough to get over this. Every eye closed, every head bowed right now. I want you to begin to examine your immobility. I feel like I'm talking to people that no one else sees it, but you've been immobile this past season. You're showing up, you're acting like everything is all right, but you and God know you've been immobile. Your prayer life has been immobile. Your walk with the Lord is no longer in existence because you're immobile. You can't walk with God anymore. We've retracted to old habits because we've become immobile. We've stopped moving forward. We stopped walking from glory to glory and living from faith to faith. I'm talking to a young man. You've been immobile for, you've lost your voice because you've been so immobile. God wants to heal someone's immobility today. But it's not going to be the preacher's decision to do it. It's not going to be my decision to do it. It's going to be a decision you make that says, I'm ready to move beyond this. There's a mother in this place. You need to get over the offense you have with God because of the condition of your kid. You don't want to acknowledge it, but you're mad at God. It's hard for you to rejoice when someone else's kid comes back and prays through because you're frustrated. What about mine, God? But God has given you enough to get over this. Some of you are frustrated because you feel like you've been stuck. The first thing you have to acknowledge is that God has given me enough. 
without any music right now, I want you to lift that hand that you're holding. And we're going to pray right here. I want you to lift your voice and pray right now. There's people that are in departments. You won't acknowledge it. You're offended with leadership. But God has given you enough to get over this. You, you don't see what God's doing and what he's trying to work out and what he's trying to purge in you. I'm not even saying you're right or you're wrong. I'm just saying it's time for you to get over your immobility. I want you to lift your voice and pray right now. There's a spouse in here. You've been believing for God to save your backslidden, save your backslidden spouse for years. And there's a fence building in your heart towards heaven. But God said there's enough for you to get over this right now. There's enough for you to get over this right now. Come on, you're showing up Sunday in and Sunday out, but it's just emotions. You're, you're just going through the motions because you've been immobile. But God is saying there's enough for you to get over this. Lift your voice all across the building right now. I wish somebody would get a little bit honest with God. God, if I'm honest, I've been a little bit mad at you. God, if I'm real, I've been a little bit frustrated. I've been a little bit discouraged, God, because I feel like I'm not going anywhere. I feel like I can't move. But this morning, God, I'm asking the Holy Ghost would begin to touch my immobility. All across the building, lift your voice and pray right now. I feel something trying to break out in somebody. That unforgiveness, you have enough to get over it. That bitterness, you have enough to get over it. I know you're frustrated with how things turned out and the decision that was made and, and how that happened and how they did you, but that doesn't matter right now. It's time to get over the immobility. Come on, let's pray right now just a little bit longer. Let's pray right now. I know we're so used to covering up what we're hiding. But if you're real, there's some things lying beneath your heart that you haven't talked to anyone about. But there's been some hurt lying there. There's been some frustration. I'm talking to married couples. You're frustrated with where you guys are at. You've been faithful. And you're like, God, why haven't you elevated us? Why haven't you positioned us? Why, why are we still struggling in this area? You need to get let go of the unforgiveness towards God. And say, God, I'm ready to be mobile again. I see lift your voice all across the building. Lift your voice all across the building. Some of you, you've given up on God. You've given up. You show up, but you don't move like you used to move. You don't move like you used to move. You're immobile. There's healing for you in the room. If you acknowledge you have enough to get up and get over this.
Here's what we're about to do. Here's what we're about to do. We're about to pray and there's getting ready to be a release in this room. Can I just, can I just tell you what I feel? There's, there's a mother here who's lost a few kids. You feel like you got a promise from God, but it just, it's in the process. You haven't even told your husband, but you're mad at God. You've built up resentment towards God. And I tell you, it's time to move past the immobility that that has caused you. I feel like there's healing in the room this morning. There's some of us, we have become so cold towards God. It's like our heart doesn't feel anymore. Because we've gotten used to the immobility. There's healing for you this morning. I want you to lift your hands. I really, I just, I just feel a special touch of God in this place. Ma'am, I'm talking to you. I, I know it hasn't been easy and I can't even bear to understand what you've walked through. God wants to touch your heart this morning. I don't have an explanation for you. I'm just telling you what I feel. God wants to touch your heart this morning. There's getting ready to be a divine release right now. I feel I feel healing trying to hit somebody's home. I don't even know who this is. If you're married in this place, grab your spouse's hand all across the building. Just lift your hand. But if you're there's getting ready to be healing, that's getting ready to hit this place. You come to church, you want to act like everything's okay. But if you're honest, things are falling apart. If you're honest, there has been an immobility in the kingdom's work in your home. I know you expect me to reach for the loss right now, but God's trying to reach for you. I want you to lift your voice. I want you to talk to God. God, heal the places that have become cold in my mind and my heart. I know some of you are trying to get me to move past this because you don't want to deal what's happening internally. But you know God's been trying to deal with you. God's been trying to work on you. I want you to lift your voice all across the building. If you're not praying for you, just lift your voice because somebody else just needs to hear you pray right now. Lift your voice because somebody else needs to hear you pray. Lift your voice because somebody else needs to know that they have enough to get over this right now. You don't know what that person walked in this place with. You might be a guest or a visitor and it's you I'm talking to you. God needs you to know there's enough in the room for you right now. There's enough in the room for you right now. This isn't for everybody, but I feel like God has walked away from the 99 to find the one that's hurting this morning. To find the one that's struggling this morning. Lift your voice all across the room. There's enough here for you. Come on, let's press past that. 
There's enough here for you. I know you got questions, God. Why'd you let it happen like that? Why'd you do that? Why? Why'd you take them away? Why? But there's enough. There's enough here. There's enough here. There's enough here. That's it. That's, that's just a little bit longer. That's just a little bit longer right now. It's just a little bit longer right now. It might not be for you, but there's somebody I'm seeing tears all across the building. People with their hands lifted and tears flowing. You don't know what God is doing internally. You don't know the decisions they were getting ready to make. You don't know what they've been thinking the last little bit. You don't know how long they've been immobile. And the Holy Ghost is saying, it's time to move beyond that. It's time to get what you need. It's time to receive your healing. If you're standing next to someone that needs the Holy Ghost, I just want you to be a witness and do what you do best each Windsor. But there's some leadership that's in this altar. You need to connect with God because I'm talking to you. You lead Sunday school classes. You lead departments. But your heart's become a little cold. You're, you've just been struggling the last little bit. You've been dealing with frustration. It's You've just been immobile this past season. God is here to meet you right now. God is here to meet you right now. I feel the Holy Ghost in the room. God is here to meet you right now. Can you just pray just a little bit longer right now, church? It might not be for you, but somebody needs it. It might not be for you, but somebody needs it.
Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. 